Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. Today, I'm going to tell you guys about the death of Beth Bernard. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe, and let's dive in. In September of 1986, 23-year-old Beth Bernard was living with her parents on Phillip Island off of Australia's southern coast. She was working as a farmhand for um, local couple Vivian and Fergus Cameron, and they were a pretty well-known couple in the community, so she was working over there to get some extra money. Fergus was actually a founding shareholder of a Grand Prix that was held on Phillip Island, and then they also had a farm, so a relatively wealthy couple as well. On September 22nd, 1986, Fergus's brother and brother-in-law, Don and Ian, actually went over to Beth's house to check on Beth. And I'm going to kind of go into why they went and checked on her, but irregardless for this part of the story, they were the two that went to Beth's house. Beth's parents were out of town at this time. Do we know where Beth's parents are? I know they were out of town. I think I would assume on vacation or visiting relatives or something like that. Upon entering the house, they found the body of 23-year-old Beth. She had been pretty brutally murdered, and it was a very violent crime scene. A blanket had been placed over her body, and when it was removed, they could see that her nightgown had been lifted up to her neck, her throat was cut, and her body was slashed and stabbed repeatedly. Her hands also showed signs of defensive wounds. That seems like a pretty violent crime and almost makes you wonder if it was somebody that she knew and that they were doing it because of some sort of anger or something. Right. And I'm glad you say that because this next part of the scene really drives that home. Carved into her chest was a knife wound, which looked like the letter A, and it was drawn to the scarlet letter. Oh, was she she married? No. Which for those of you who don't know, the scarlet letter is a um, pretty popular book in which A woman named Hester Prynne had given birth to an illegitimate child and through an affair and was forced to wear a scarlet letter A on her dress. And so it was pointed to potential for infidelity. And not to mention, and this comes from a former detective, Rory O'Connor, who was a part of the investigation, said, quote, you're talking about four slashes one way, 10 slashes the other, and five across. That's not just someone gently carving an A, end quote. So it was aggressive. Yeah, it definitely goes to show that it was probably somebody that was doing it out of some sort of malice. And I'm really curious to see what all we find out to hear kind of what led to this. Also around the scene of the crime were cigarette butts, a knife, and a towel that was stained with blood that was in the sink in the bathroom. And I do want to mention that Beth did not smoke, and so it's likely that the cigarette butts were not hers, and they were able to determine the brand, which was Claridge and Peter Stuvesant brand. Um, I don't know much about that, but they were able to identify those. So it was obviously a pretty brutal murder, and so there would have been a lot of blood from that. Was she laying in a lot of blood, or... Did they they kind of determine that the towel was used to clean up some of the blood around her or it was used to like clean blood off of the killer? 
It was initially thought that maybe the towel was used to clean up the blood. Um, it does come back into play later though, so we'll put a pin in that and we'll get a little bit uh, closer into it. But the assumption is that the killer had tried to kind of clean up either themselves or a knife or something and then thrown it in the sink, which with this brutal of a crime, I can't imagine one towel is going to do a whole lot. Yeah, I just wasn't sure because, you know, if they're cleaning up the crime scene, there could be that small amount of remorse in there. So that's why I was just curious. Which is an interesting point because they did cover up the body with a blanket, which shows some type of, I don't know if remorse is the right word, but... Shame. Yeah. It could have been that whoever killed her just didn't want to look at her anymore because they were so mad at her. And so they just covered her up. That's true. I just feel like you typically hear about people being covered as like a sincere thing when they die. I mean, when you couple it with the brutalness of it, it's kind of like, it's a little contradictory. So investigators pretty quickly figure out what might have happened or what they think has happened. And that's because I've left out a part of the story that is very significant. As I mentioned, Beth was working for Vivian and Fergus. And I don't know Vivian's age at the time, but Fergus was 36. So I assume Vivian was around that age. They were married with two kids. And it was pretty well rumored in the community that Fergus was having an affair with Beth. Which, if somebody believed that enough, that could explain the A. Right. So, ironically, the night of the murder, Fergus had actually been in the ER because he had some cuts to his head and back. Um, and him and Vivian had gone into the ER. Originally, she had said something about him, like, falling through some plate of glass or something like that. Turns out that's not what happened. According to Fergus, that day, he had actually left work early and went to Beth's parents' house to spend time with her because they were out of town. And at this point, Vivian had called and found out that Fergus was not at work, even though he had claimed he had been at work. And... She had already been hearing the rumors about the proposed affair, and this just made it even more concrete. And when Fergus had gotten home, Vivian basically confronted him about it, and he told her what happened. And she got very upset, smashed a wine glass across his head and back, which is what caused the injuries and led to them going to the ER that night. So was this the time that he got home? Was this before or after the projected time of death for Beth? Before. So here's what happens. The couple leave the ER. Um, while they're at the ER, they had called Fergus's sister, Maureen, and then um, her husband to come watch the kids. So when Fergus and Vivian get back to the house... It's around 1230 in the morning. She's kind of talking to her sister and saying, you know, we're probably going to split up. It's not like the, the relationship's kind of dead at this point. The marriage is struggling, which there's an affair and some abuse in there. So I don't know that I blame them. And so what happens is they send her sister and brother-in-law home and Vivian is going to stay at the house. And then Fergus was going to go stay with his sister nearby. And then the next day, Vivian was going to take the kids maybe and move back to Melbourne to stay with their parents until they figured out their next moves. This is what they told her sister. And so Vivian drops off Fergus to his sister's place in their vehicle, their Land Cruiser, and assumably goes back to her house to stay with the kids. 
cut to the next morning and Fergus is woken up by a call from one of Vivian's friends named Robin and was asking why Vivian hadn't been back to pick up um, the children. And Fergus was like, what? Because she was supposed to be home with the kids, right? Right. So what had happened was, I guess, around three in the morning, Vivian called Robin and asked her to take care of the kids, saying she was needed to take Fergus to the hospital, which had happened prior to this moment. And so Robin um, says, okay, and she gets to the house and the children are asleep and she sees that Vivian's purse is there, which she thinks is a little weird, but she's like, okay, whatever. I'll hang out with the kids until they come back in the morning. When Robin arrived at the house, so Vivian wasn't there then, right? She already left and just left the kids. Yes, who are asleep. So I don't know the age of the kids. I'm guessing they were old enough that like they would have been okay if they were already asleep for like maybe a little bit by themselves. I mean, also though, clearly this night is a shit show and logical thought is not happening. Yeah, I wasn't as concerned with that. I would have been confused if somebody called me and said, hey, can you come over and take care of the kids? I need to take my husband to the hospital. And then I got there and only the mom was there. And like the husband wasn't there. So it's probably smart of her to already be gone because obviously that's not what she was doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she didn't. If Robin would have shown up and be like, you have to take Fergus to the hospital. Where is he? That made me a little like, uh. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to dip out before Robin gets here. Mm -hmm. And then Fergus, when he gets this phone call from Robin, he's already like, oh, no. And so this is when he gets a hold of his brother and brother-in-law to go check on Beth. Um. I assume he just instantly was nervous because of Vivian's violent nature the night before. And that is when they go and find Beth deceased. Not looking too good for Vivian. No. And something else happened. So this is not just a um, murder case. It's actually a missing person case. I had a feeling you were going to tell me this. Yes. Now, I do want to throw in there that... The Land Cruiser, the Toyota Land Cruiser that um, Vivian and Fergus owned that Vivian was driving that night was spotted by one of Beth's neighbors around 3.30 a.m. Around 3.30 a.m. And then it is spotted again around 5 a.m. at the Phillip Island Bridge. And it's parked there, abandoned there. And it was there until about 10 hours later when like police actually went to the scene and found it and investigated it. And within the car was not Vivian, but they did find a couple of items, two packets of cigarettes. The same brand that was found at the house? Yes. A knife and and her purse. So remember that. I'm confused. Yeah, that one's a little odd. Um, we're going to get back to it. Okay, because last I knew, the purse was at the house with Robin and the kids. Correct. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. But like I said, no sign of Vivian. And she has never been seen again. So what police decided was that 
she went and killed Beth and then committed suicide, even though they never found her body or any evidence of it other than her car was abandoned there. And you said the car was abandoned by the bridge. So I'm assuming there was water right there. Yes. um, The bridge, which we'll post a photo for you guys to look at. I looked because I was like, well, what kind of bridge? Because that makes a difference. And I'll show you real quick, Erica. Erica, would you kind of describe the bridge and like, what do you think of it? So it's a pretty big bridge, not like a Golden Gate Bridge kind of thing. But I mean, you, you're going to drive over it. It's going to take you a few minutes to drive over it. Do you think it's tall enough for someone to jump off and it killed that, them? That's where I was going. Yeah, I think that because it's high enough, it takes you a little bit to get over it. I think that it's I mean, obviously, I can't see what's under the water, like if there's rocks or like how deep that is. Right. But I think that if there were rocks at that point or she hit some sort of support, if she jumped off or if somebody jumped off, then yes, I absolutely think that it's high enough that you could die. I think just hitting the water that that would hurt, I think, but I wouldn't kill you or anything. And it doesn't in this photo anyways, doesn't look like super wavy Mm -hmm. so it doesn't look like you would just like get pulled under it would i would think it would have to be like an impact death yeah and you know i kind of wondered that too when i was looking at it which is part of the reason i specifically wanted to show you because i mean it's it's tall i don't know that it's necessarily tall enough that you're gonna instantly die when you hit the water depending on how you hit it i will say you know a lot of we do know cases of um women killing themselves by drowning so that's possible that she jumped in and like drowned herself if this is the story that actually happened well and i don't remember the exact there's like a formula or whatever that you can determine how far down you'll go when you jump into the water and i i think it's like i don't remember exactly what it is but i would i i think it's either however far you jump you either go i think you go halfway down in the water so, like, if you jump 10 feet, you go 5 feet down in the water, I think. I could be wrong. So, I'd be curious to know how deep that area is. And I'm sure police have obviously kind of looked into that. Because then they could probably figure out, like, if it was an impact death. It also would have depended completely on which part she jumped at, where she... Because if she went to the very top and jumped, then that's different than her jumping from the side. So, something I'm just going to throw out there. At the point of Vivian's... Um, potential suicide at this bridge there had been no other reported suicides ever registered there at this bridge so that is something to take into account i'm assuming that at one point police searched the water yeah they never find any trace of vivian so your confusion is the same confusion that like a lot of people have and why this well other than the brutality of the case but why it's controversial there have been a couple shows and books written about this investigating the case and what could have happened so i'm just going to talk about a couple of those and like the findings they have so one of the things that comes forward is um one of vivian's friends her name was glenda frost and she is absolutely adamant that at 10 a.m on the 23rd so after the night of all that event, all those events happening, she received a phone call from Vivian and they talked about sewing patterns and some details that only Vivian knew. And she, you know, people were like, well, maybe you have the times mixed up or the days mixed up. She's like, no, I absolutely know that Vivian called me at 10 a.m. on this day, which does not match up with the timeline, especially If you see her um, land cruiser was spotted at 5 a.m. by the bridge, 
But you said you said police found it five hours late, or ten hours after that. Yeah, but so, it had been sitting there. So maybe she sat in her car for five hours, like Bryce Lespisa, and contemplated things and called her to ask about selling patterns. Sure. I, I, I don't know. It, it's definitely confusing. But th- if we're going to theorize, then I guess. And, I mean, also to note, this was in the 80s. So I don't know that a cell phone was necessarily in her car with her. Do you think if she had been, if her vehicle had been spotted at the bridge, they would have noticed if she was sitting in it? I mean, it depends, like, from where it was spotted. Like, did somebody on the bridge just see it? Did somebody driving by see it? Did somebody pull up into a parking spot next to her and see it? Because then, yes. So I don't know how it was spotted, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to think of why that's relevant, because that's after the murders happened. They presume that she went and parked and committed suicide. Yeah. So it's relevant because if she's making a phone call at 10 a.m., it's weird if she had presumably already murdered someone and jumped to her death, and then she called her friend about sewing patterns. Did the friend just say that to make it seem like... But why would she make it up? I don't know. I got nothing. The only... Yeah, because let's say she is like trying to be a friend and help her escape you wouldn't say that you would be like you know i haven't heard from her she definitely committed suicide case closed yeah i maybe she did call and ask about sewing patterns because i don't i'm not i'll be honest i'm not sure that we can figure out what was going through her head in that moment because i never know what's going through the head of somebody that's murdering somebody when somebody starts murdering especially in a situation like this i'm like I think they could do literally anything and none of it's going to make sense to me. Like, so maybe she, I don't know, was that a code word? Like sewing patterns means I'm going to kill myself and the friend just forgot that they made that pact when they were five. I'm sure that's actually what it was. I think you, you've got it. Well, and let's talk about some of the other weird things like Vivian's purse being in the vehicle. Yeah, no. (laughs) So (laughs) like how? That would mean, you know, Robin is with the kids the purse is there. At some point, I assume Fergus or a family member went and got the kids and Robin leaves. I don't know who exactly did, but that would mean someone took the purse and placed it in the cruiser. Or if we're going with the suicide theory, she killed Beth and then was like, well, now I'm going to go commit suicide for whatever reason and decided that she was going to go to the house to say goodbye to the kids and grabbed her purse. Like snuck in. Like snuck in while they were all sleeping. It was the middle of the night. So was Robin sleeping? I mean, she didn't get there till around. I w- well, she got a phone call at 3.30 a.m. She got a phone call at 3 a.m. and went over there. Um, we know that the car, Vivian's car, was seen by Beth's neighbor at 3.30 a.m. And then found spotted at the bridge around 5 a.m. So I guess it's, I mean, it's plausible that she did like sneak back into the house to say goodbye and grabbed her purse on the way out. Maybe there was something in there that she felt like she needed. Needed for what, though? Her death. Because <laughs> she didn't take it with, unless she took something with her. But it's just... Was there anything missing from the purse? I guess let's ask that. I don't know that... I mean, it's not noted, but let's think about a woman's purse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, okay. like, very true. There's no way I even know if something's missing from my purse, so I can't imagine anybody has any idea okay. what all was in there. Well... What time did Robin call Fergus to say, when's Vivian coming back? Sometime the next morning. We don't have an exact time. Okay. Well, because then in theory, it would have been after 5 a.m. probably that she would have called and said, hey, when are, like, when are you guys coming back? Mm-hmm. So it would have given her between 3 
30 and 5 to go to the house and then go to the bridge. So maybe she did go say goodbye to the kids before she either jumped to her death or ran away to start a new life. Well, and her car was spotted at 3.30 at Beth's. She called at 3 a.m. Robin. I can ass- I would assume personally that she was probably there a little longer than 3.30 considering the murder and how much was, how involved it was. Oh, yeah. She was probably, I mean... If she called Robin at three, she probably left at that time since mm-hmm. she wasn't there when Robin arrived and then would have shown up at Beth's house and killed her. That would have definitely taken a minute, especially if you're carving an A into somebody's mm-hmm. chest. That, that, that'll take some time. So we'll say like an hour there, maybe an hour and a half. I don't know. I've never murdered anybody. I do not know the exact amount of time it takes to do this. So here's, I mean, the point of this is that the timeline's a little finicky. There's some weirdness happening and there's some cause for like question and there's more. But I do want to say real quick, just because I, you know, obviously there's a lot here. There are like um, some podcasts and books and TV shows, which I mentioned that go way in depth in this. I think there's like a six part episode series um, a podcast on it so definitely check those out for more of the details and like a more in-depth i guess at this point where we're where we're speaking i wonder and i know you you like just barely touched on it so far what if vivian didn't commit the murder because yes and you kind of mentioned it when you said somebody stopped at the house and put the purse in the cruiser Mm -hmm. so and maybe you're gonna get into it but then it leads to like who could have done it? Right. So you set me up for a good segue. Let's look at why Vivian may not be the murderer. And let's be honest, even before, and this is just completely a thought on my own, the A is a little bit of like pun intended, not intended overkill. Like that is that is saying something specific. And so if somebody is trying to pin it on her for the um, the affair, what a way to put it on Vivian. Very much so. Well, and typically when you're committing a murder, you don't necessarily want them to know it was you. Right. And that one's just very ob- like blatant, like, oh, it was probably her. I also, once again, never done it myself. I don't know how much strength it would take to carve an A into somebody's chest. Well. Especially after you've stabbed them, you've slit their throat. Like, would she have enough strength to do all of that and keep going? You know, if the knife's sharp enough, I'm sure it's not too difficult They did some DNA testing and they had found that the blood that was on the handle of the knife by Beth's body belonged to Vivian, but there is no DNA from Vivian on or around Beth's body. And the places that DNA that linked to Vivian was recovered was on that knife, the handle, the towel that was in the sink and the cigarette butts. So it goes to show Vivian was at least there. No, it doesn't. Because if she, think about it, if she had murdered her, you would think her DNA, if she's got DNA on all these other items, it would be on Beth's body or around her body as well. What they're pointing at is maybe someone planted her DNA on these isolated items. Maybe. I guess what I was thinking when I said that Vivian was there was like she was there, just not maybe the one doing the murder. Mm. I mean, maybe. Like, she could have been at the crime and then left. She could have. I mean, yeah, she could have been there. It could have been more than one person, you know? Also, the towel that was in the bathroom that had Vivian's blood on it didn't have any of Beth's blood. So, did somebody go in there, 
kill Vivian and Beth and then take Vivian's body to make it look... Do we trust Fergus? I don't know how I feel about Fergus. Either way, I don't know why Fergus would have murdered Beth. In this situation, it seems more like Fergus would have murdered Vivian and left Beth alone. I mean... What if it was a love triangle? What if they all went there and Fergus went there to see Beth, Vivian went there to kill Beth, Vivian kills Beth, Fergus then kills Vivian because he sees that Vivian killed Beth and then moves Vivian's body. But if Vivian killed Beth in that brutal fashion, her enough so that her blood are on items, her That's blood right. in theory would be somewhere around Beth's body. That's right. I forgot about that. Also, Vivian's blood, some of Vivian's blood was found, I don't know where exactly, but at her house, her and Fergus's house. Well, okay. So she busted a wine glass over his head. Right. And back earlier. So did she cut her hand open? Well, what we do know is hospital records showed that she wasn't treated. So if she did get cut, she didn't get treated for it. And if she was all well and good at the hospital, the blood would have had to appear there sometime after um, 1230 in the morning when they came back. And then she took Fergus to his sisters. But I do think it's possible that she had just like a small cut from it and didn't need to get treated for it. That, yeah, that's possible. Now, did Fergus's sister ever say anything about whether or not she knew Fergus was there the whole night? I Yes. I, my assumption is he, he was. I mean, he was never charged and they ruled it this way. So I would assume they would have checked into that. However, who knows? We've seen yeah. more, bigger things be missed, so... It's not too hard to assume that maybe he was able to creep out in the night and she didn't notice. But like I said, he's not he's not been charged. There was this investigator from this crime show, Sensing Murder. And in 2006, he kind of investigated this case and he had found a couple things. Um, He was the one who was talking about the bridge stuff, how there had not been any reported suicides there and that they never found any sign of her in the waters below. He also uncovered that there was this potential past stalker of Beth who would kind of follow her around and like show up at her house and hang out outside of it. Apparently police said they knew who he was. They were not going to publicly say who he was, but they cleared him. Okay, either way, I know we're talking about like potential other suspects. It doesn't make sense why Vivian would have left at the same time that the murder occurred if somebody else had done it. Right. Unless they got rid of Vivian too to make it seem like case closed. Mhm. I mean, yeah, it's maybe maybe she was involved somehow like with someone who did the actual murder and then they kind of like maybe they threw her off the bridge or like murdered her and threw her off the bridge, you know, um in a way that wouldn't have left evidence and that's why she's gone. That's potential. I mean, even if we go back to the whole bridge scenario, like even if she had jumped, I mean, if somebody knocked her out and threw her off, there was a there's a higher chance that she would have died from that and there wouldn't have necessarily been any blood. Right. So I that's possible. Um, I do think to your point, though, that the cigarette butts and everything that had her DNA on it could definitely be planted mm-hmm. because... I don't, I get, and maybe people just don't think things through necessarily, but if I'm going to go kill somebody, I am not leaving my cigarette butts there. No, exactly. It just like, and in my head, that's common sense, but also I know in my head, I don't use common sense 90% of the time. And cigarette butts, plural. Yeah, like. Like you just sat there and chain smoked a bunch, left them on the ground, took off. It's. I mean, yes, we go back to that point where we don't know what's going through their brain. Maybe she called after she murdered someone and talked about sewing patterns. We don't know. 
But yeah, typically you're not trying to get caught. Well, and to further corroborate that, there was a author named Vicky Petratus who wrote a book about it. And when she was researching it, she had talked to the um, forensic scientist who examined the evidence from the scene. And he even mentioned that he didn't think the knife found by Beth's body was the one that actually was used. He said that some of the cuts on her clothing were inconsistent with the blade of that knife. Which how cool is it that we can look at something like a body like that that's been mutilated with a knife and be like, this knife wasn't the one that did it. Like to be able to determine that. I just think that that's like a cool forensic method that we use. Yeah, I think there's so many where it's like, my brain can't even process how people can figure that stuff out. It's crazy to me. Also, something mentioned in her book, Vicky, she had mentioned that um, people in, at the time of her book, when she wrote it, locals were pretty reluctant to talk to her about the crime, which is interesting to me. So the entire town hated Beth and everybody teamed up. And what, helped Vivian escape? I have no Someone idea. Murdered her. I, it's just weird. The author of this book also worked with Case File, which is another podcast that I do recommend. It's really good. And they cover this case, which I'm assuming goes into a lot more detail than we're doing today. So I do recommend checking that out as well. But that's really what we have on the case. Police kind of closed it as a murder-suicide, but obviously there's a lot of people who doubt this. What do you think? I think that just sitting here, we came up with so many questions that are unanswered that I don't think you can definitively say one way or another. I think Vivian definitely looks suspicious, but I think she looks suspicious in a way that could have easily been made to look suspicious, if that makes sense. No, I agree. Like, what what we have is either murder-suicide, a murder where Vivian was there, but maybe not physically involved, someone else was with her, or someone murdered Beth and kind of set Vivian up. So let us know what you guys think leave comments, send us an email. We would love to hear it. Um, I know there's a lot of Reddit posts about this case too that I didn't dive into too deep. So check those out as well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.